0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Excuse me. We dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And I'm reading also from Romans 8 and 18, and it said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Whatever you're going through right now, as important as you might think it is, as difficult to overcome as you see it, it is nothing compared to what you are about to receive in glory. Now today I want to preach to you on this subject. I am not the average Joe. I am not the average Joe. Don't compare yourself among yourselves. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Sister Kylie, would you take us back to Romans? This past week, um, I... I am not going to be politically correct today. I just might as well say that from the get-go. I am, uh, I am disturbed. I am so excited about what's happening in the church. I am, man. I'm excited. But I'm also disturbed about my country. I am very disturbed. I have been disturbed for a long time And every once in a while, something comes along and fires me up again. And this latest incident that we are talking about in this nation, which is complete foolishness, in my opinion, about unisexed bathrooms. Anybody can go to any bathroom they want, any shower room that they want. It doesn't matter. I just want you to know I got a word for it. Sin. Amen. Sin. Amen. So I'm, not, I'm just letting you know right now, and you say, well, we need to separate church and state. No, we don't. The church was here before the state was here. Amen. Why would we want to separate the, st- the church and the state? But we do need to understand that the church is responsible for moral issues. That the, church, that the state should not get involved in. I'm saddened even by the churches today that call themselves Christians. We have one right down the road that advertised that they will give free gay marriages. That is in our area. I'm not telling you what church it is. I saw it on the sign. Free gay marriages. What has happened to us? Well, I've got the answer for that. Here it is, Romans chapter 1. Sister Kylie, if you uh, will follow me in 18. Romans 1 and 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it to them. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without an excuse. Because that when they knew God, when this country was founded, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became, they became, they weren't always but they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. That means they worshipped human beings. That's the first thing they worshipped. Anybody watch any television? They worship men and women, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. And God gave them also up to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. They changed the truth of God into a lie, and they worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who's blessed forever, amen. And for this cause, this is God's reaction, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their heir which was meat. Do you see any of this? And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the things which are not convenient. They were filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, and who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Welcome to the 21st century. See, the Bible's not outdated. The Bible's way ahead of us. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our nation. By the way, concerning gay marriages, there will be no gay marriages in this church. You don't have to worry about that. By the way, if you're looking for a bathroom, you just go right down the hall here a little bit, and on your left-hand side, we have separated bathrooms for men and for women. If you can't understand our language, you can see a picture of what you should look like before you go in the room, and only if you are of the male or female gender should you go into the bathroom. I shouldn't have to explain this to you, but righteousness needs to continue. Holiness needs to prevail. Somebody's gotta stand up and do what is right. What is right? Praise God. We don't need to be politically correct, we need to be biblically correct say, well, wait a minute now. I I, I didn't come to church to hear that. Well, you need to hear it because this is the only place you are gonna hear it. And we're not reaching across the aisle. We're trying to lead people down the aisle. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The church is supposed to be getting people ready to go to heaven. We're supposed to be the bride of Christ. We're supposed to meet the groom at the altar. Let's lead people down the aisle. Quit reaching across the aisle reach for anybody reach for anybody praise god so i just i had to get that off my chest just in case you're wondering let the church be the church amen and by the way this is another thing that's in my crawl (laughs) hey you get to vent to me all week long can i vent once in a while I am sick and tired of Irish Americans, African Americans, Italian Americans. First and foremost, I am a Christian. Secondly, then I am an American. If I am of Irish descent, I am not Irish American. I am an American first. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But first we need to be Christians, not just in our church buildings, but in our community. We need to stand for righteousness, we need to proclaim the truth, we need to be who Christ is making us. The Christians, listen, this is the way it was in the world. The sinners lived in the closets. Now they're trying to put the Christians in the closets. We need to say, I ain't going in no closet. This is what I believe. This is what I stand for. This is what is right. This is what is right. I fear God more than I fear man. And I ought to obey God rather than obey man. And if that's what it comes down to, then stand up. Because if you don't stand up for something, you're gonna fall for everything. And that's how we got in this mess. Okay, that's enough. I feel better. I hope I didn't upset you too much today. But if I did, you'll get over it. I am not the average American. And I am not the average Joe. And I should not compare myself among... Others. Let me give you a few averages. Let me give you the average of things. Do you know that the average temperature today is supposed to be 67 degrees? Do you know what that means? In Wisconsin, it means it might be 87 or it might be 47. <laughs> the average of family family income in America, $53,657. The average credit debt, that means credit card debt, $5,700. The average family has 3.7 credit cards in their wallet. I don't know where the .7 comes, but... The average height of a man in America, 5 foot 10. The average height of a woman, 5 foot 4. The average length of life, men 76, women 81. But that's an average. Doesn't mean we all get to live to be 76, maybe a bonus. It just means it's average. Now, how many of you, let me ask this, how many of you served in the military? Any branch of service, any branch? Okay. Thank you so much for your service. Let me tell you a little bit about what I remember. Now, my father gave me some really good advice before I went into basic training, and he said, he said number one, he said an officer is referred to as sir, yeah. okay? Yes, sir, but a drill sergeant, you never call a drill sergeant sir, never. You call them drill sergeants, yes, drill sergeant, Don't confuse the two. Now, when I got off that bus, this guy that met me with a Smokey the Bear hat on (laughs) must have thought I was deaf. I didn't even say anything to upset the guy, and he was immediately in my face. I felt like saying, now, man, give me my space here. Back up. He's screaming at me. And I can hear fine. I didn't understand. Maybe he was trying to to provoke me, I thought. But he claimed to have known my parents. (laughs) Or the lack of having a father. I didn't know how he knew that, but he had some derogatory things to say about my parents. He wanted to know if I had a girlfriend. I felt it best not to tell him because I figured he'd have nothing good to say about her either. Now, my dad told me that if people weren't in authority, you could have a little fun with them, so as I marched through this process, just give me a little liberty here this morning. As I marched through this process, I know who I can get away with. (laughs) The first place they sent me was to the barber shop. I sat down in the chair. The guy seemed nice and friendly. He said, how would you like your haircut? Before I could answer, he was done. (laughs) He said, now you go over here. And I walked over there. That's where I was going to get my clothes. The guy said, what color is your favorite color for clothing? (laughs) I said, blue. He said, not anymore. And don't you call it green. It's olive drab. It's not green. It's olive drab. Well, you didn't even ask me what size I wear. It doesn't matter, you got a belt? <laughs> Put it on. That's the way it is, that's the way they did things. I remember the drill sergeant one day, they, they like to make fun of you, you know, if you haven't caught that, they like to do that. He said, oh, hey, and by the way, they never call you by your first name. I tried the nice guy routine, it didn't work well. I thought, I'm gonna be nice to my drill sergeant, maybe he'll be, drill sergeant, My name's Rick. He didn't say anything nice to me when I said that. He never called me by my first name. Always called me by my last name. And when he did ask for advice, it was only to embarrass me in front of the other soldiers. I remember one day he asked me, he said, Hey, Kylie, the weather's going to be real bad tomorrow. We're going to have thunderstorms. You think we ought to march tomorrow? I said, I think we could put it off a day. He smiled and said, don't forget your poncho. <laughs> any of you remember any of that? They wanted you to be considered average. Nobody gets any special preferred treatment. You are a now a commoner. I don't care what your name is. I don't care how much money your daddy has or what he does for a living. You are now a grunt, G.I. Joe. That's who you are. And everybody got treated the same. They might even ask you what you'd like for breakfast. What would you like for breakfast? Well, you know, again, this is not a drill sergeant or an officer, so I had some fun with them. Well, I'd I'd like my eggs over easy. I'd like a nice slice of ham, raisin toast, good cup of coffee, two creams, and one sugar. He said, well, you'll have to settle for powdered eggs. I don't know what powdered eggs are. How can you call it an egg if it comes from powder? Powdered eggs. How would you like it cooked? It didn't matter. <laughs> so you know what I did the next day? I came in and I said, I'd like some powdered eggs and I'd like some burnt bacon. Hey, you gotta learn to have some fun with some things here. You need to stop thinking that everything revolves around you. God's got a plan for your life. You're special to him, you are not average. Do you know there aren't even two snowflakes that are alike? That's hard to believe, isn't it? You'd think with the millions or billions of snowflakes, especially in Wisconsin that fall, you'd think, man, there's got to be a lot of... There aren't. They're all different. And so are you. That's what I want to get across to you today. Now, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, God selected a man to be a father of a great nation. That man was Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham. He is the founder, the father of the Jewish faith. The Jews were God's people. They were elevated. They received special blessings and privileges that no other race received from God. They had laws and they had ordinances, ceremonial laws, moral laws, religious laws. They were expected to live by these laws, and God would bless them and take care of them. They were not commoners. They were God's people. And throughout the entire Old Testament, we are reading about them and their history. I am thankful for the Jewish faith. They are a part of my heritage. And as a Christian and as an American, I stand with Israel. I stand with Israel. We even have an Israeli flag right behind the American flag. I stand behind Israel. But I want to say this too. I feel this is another thing I need to address. Although Israel is and always will be God's elect, The New Testament begins with the church. It begins with the birth of Christ, the ministry of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, and the birth of the church. Anybody with me now? You hear where I'm going here? But we need to understand this. We are not going back to the Jewish faith. Consider this. When Jesus chose the 12 disciples, who did he choose? Common people, average people, but they were average Jews. There were no Gentiles. He didn't choose any Romans. They were all Jews. He instructed them. He opened up their understanding to the scripture. He taught them that the laws would eventually be written in their hearts rather than on stones. He encouraged them to know that there would be a new mind, a new heart, and a new spirit in their life that the church was about to be born and they were going to be a part of it and they didn't get it initially. And even after he died and came back from the dead, he had to take another 40 days to open up their understanding to the scripture for the things they didn't get in three and a half years. And I thank God for the church today. Because the church is the chosen. The Jews are the elect. The church is the chosen. But unlike the Jews, God comes to the common. Consider this also. When Jesus came, the reason the Jews didn't recognize him, they they were always waiting for the Messiah to come. The Messiah is gonna come, he's gonna establish his kingdom on the earth, we're gonna rule over all these Gentiles. That's what they were looking for. But when he came as a commoner, when he was born in a stable, not with royalty, not with wealth, not with pomp and circumstance, they were confused. And then at the age of 30, when his ministry began, they saw his mission, they saw his miracles, and they saw his ministry. And some of them, as Jews, thought perhaps the Messiah has come. But when he refused to establish his kingdom on earth, they rejected him and called him a false prophet. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He did not fulfill what they thought he should fulfill in a timely fashion. And so he was rejected of his own. God will always keep his promises to the Jews. Always. He will bless them that bless him and curse him that curses him. He will. So when the Jews saw that he did not establish his kingdom, they thought that he was a false prophet. Prior to his ascension, I'm giving just a little bit of a Bible study here so you understand where I'm going today. Prior to his ascension, he told them to stay in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And they did. Who were the 120 that were in the upper room? They were Jews. Jews. Jews that believed what Jesus said. Jews that were obeying what he instructed them to do. Jews that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Jews that were baptized in Jesus' name. Not just 120, but 3,000 more were baptized on the day of Pentecost. Jews. If Judaism, if the law is all that God ever wanted, then why would he manifest himself in flesh? Why would he come and teach us and instruct us in righteousness and proclaim that except you repent, you will all likewise perish? Why would he proclaim that except a man is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter, see the kingdom of God? because he was ushering in what we call the New Testament and giving us the opportunity to be a part of the new people, the church of the living God. Called by his name, washed in his blood, filled with his spirit. Now I know you're thinking about this, isn't it? and this is a lot for you to digest, but we do not go back to the law and we do not go back to Judaism, and we do not go back to practicing all the things they practiced in the Old Testament. Because if we do, we are denying what Christ came to accomplish and what Christ came to purchase, which is the church, the blood-bought, the Spirit-filled, the bride of Christ. Don't go backwards, go forward. Go forward. Now, not all the Jews received this message, and to this day, most of Judaism are not Christians. But what Jesus accomplished with 120 became 3,000, and then 5,000, and pretty soon there were millions of people, and to this day, millions upon millions of people that are a part of the church, the bride of Christ, and we should be so thankful Now the world will tell you that you are just a commoner, but you are not. Let me share this with you. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Now before Acts chapter 10, the only converts have been Jews. So here's what the Christians, the Jewish converts to Christianity are thinking. The Old Testament, We were God's people. And God will always keep his promises to Israel. But the New Testament Christians of the Jewish faith believed that now the church was going to be made up of exclusively the Jews, that they were going to be called Christians, Christians, followers of Christ. So there's only two groups of people. The Gentiles are still excluded. They have no place in God's kingdom. The only hope you have is to be a Jew or to be a Christian from Judaism. Somebody say amen. Amen. So in Acts chapter 10, verse one, it says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. He is a Gentile. He's an Italian. All the Italians said hallelujah. You got some Italians here, that's good. You were first, the Irish weren't first here. A devout man, listen to the characteristics of this Gentile. Devout, one that feared God with his house, one that gave much money to the people, one that prayed to God always. Pretty good guy, wouldn't you say? I mean, if you're judging, if you're, now listen, here we go again. If you're comparing people, this is not the average Joe. This guy's up there. How many Italians, Irishmen, Frenchmen have prayed down angels? This guy prayed down an angel. That's how good he was. He's not average. Not average. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him saying unto him, Cornelius, he looked on him and he was afraid and he said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thy alms or money are come up for a memorial before God. So send men to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner whose house is by the seaside and he will tell you what you ought to do. The angel refused to tell, but he sent, told him to go and get Peter, who would tell him what he ought to do. Now let's go down to nine. Let's go to another part of the story, because God works from many different angles in the same story. There's a message right there. I don't have time to preach it. On the morrow, as they went on their journey, they drew nigh unto the city. Peter went up to the housetop to pray. It was about the sixth hour, which means 12 o'clock. He became very hungry and he would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened, and a certain vessel descending upon him and it had been a great sheet at the four corners let down to the earth. Wherein are all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. Now there came a voice unto him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord. I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Why? Because I'm a Jew. And Jews don't eat unclean or common animals. He's falling back to his Judaism now. The voice spake to him a second time what God has cleansed, that called out now common. Don't call it common. Oh, wait, wait a minute. You are calling these things that I've lowered common and unclean, but if I cleanse them, if I sanctify them, then don't ever call them common, average, or unclean again. Are you hearing me? Don't do that. Wait, you're confusing me. I've been taught this way my entire life and now you come and tell me that you can cleanse something and make it clean and I can partake of it? Yes, yes I am. Well that blows his theology. If if you read the rest of the story, the voice will also say to him, there are some men at your gate. They want you to go with them, go with them and doubt nothing. They were Gentiles at his gate. They said, our master has sent us here. He saw an angel. He said, you're supposed to come and preach to him. Peter doesn't get it. He can't figure it out, but he knows he's supposed to go. So what he does is he takes some witnesses because he don't want to be brought before the district board. What are you doing going to these common, filthy Gentiles? Who gave you that authority? What did you do when you were there? So he took Jewish Christian brethren and they went and they listened to what Cornelius had to say. And when Cornelius saw Peter, he wasn't, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. I prayed down an angel. How about you? I pray a lot. I give a lot of money. No, no, no. That wasn't Cornelius at all. When he saw Peter coming, he said, is that that Peter? That's Peter. He ran up and fell on his knees before him. Tell me, what do I need to do to be saved? Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it because I believe that's God's will for my life. I'm nobody special. I'm just a commoner. I'm just the average Joe. and Peter says, "Stand up! I'm just a man." He opens his mouth in 34 and says, "Of a truth, I per- watch this now. Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth Him and worketh righteousness is accepted with Him." He figured it out. It finally dawned on him. Maybe God could call a Gentile to salvation. Maybe they needed to hear the same message that he was preaching exclusively to the elite Jews. So he preached this message of salvation to a Gentile, to a commoner, to an unclean person. And verse 44 said, and while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, see there it is, that, that Jewish faith again that they're still remembering. They of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And for those of you that believe that in Acts chapter two, the reason and the only reason that God chose speaking in other tongues was so that the rest of the Jews could hear the message in their own language, then pray tell me, why are these Gentiles speaking in tongues? Who is supposed to be able to understand that? Nobody. And so Peter comes to the conclusion For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter said, can any man, see that? Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? These are our brothers. They've got the same experience. They received the same experience that we had at Pentecost. I didn't think it possible. I thought that they were just common. I thought that they were unclean. I thought that only Jews could be saved. It takes a while for these Christians to realize that they need to leave the law behind and they need to live in grace. And I began this message today, preaching to you about all the evil things that are happening in the United States of America, and it's unclean, and it's filthy. But those are the kinds of people that God wants to save. Don't call them common and don't call them unclean for of such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. We can act just like the Jews as Christians. See this suit? Look pretty nice, huh? Shaved up. Yeah, this is the way a Christian ought to look. Now those people out there. My, 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 my. But where sin did abound, you read it today in your bread, Romans 5 and 20, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. We hate their sin, but we love their soul. We pray for them, and we love them into the kingdom. We speak the truth in love, not in hate, not in judgment. Somebody say amen. Amen. People are waiting because Brother Mitchell, you quoted it today, uh, can't get no satisfaction. They're looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places. And in all the wrong things. And you know why? Because we aren't standing up and saying, hey, there's a better way. He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life, He's the bread that'll satisfy your soul, the water that will quench your thirst. Because we think they're just common and they're unclean. And he commanded them, after they received the Holy Ghost, he commanded, he didn't say, I'd like to make a suggestion. Would you please prayerfully consider what I'm about to say? That's not what he said. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Enter in at the straight gate, Matthew 7. Wide is the gate. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there are that enter therein. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. But find the few. Find the few. And even if you think they're common, or if you think they are unclean, realize that God is no respecter of persons. And all that desire to do righteously will be accepted by him. They need to know there's another way. Let's stand together. First Peter chapter 2. Thank you for giving me a few extra minutes this morning. But you are... A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past, not a people just a commoner, just an average Joe, just an unclean sinner. You were not a people, but now. Everybody said, but now. now. But now you're the people of God. Yes. Which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. You are not the average Joe. You have the opportunity to be one of God's elite. And God can take your clay and make a beautiful vessel out of it that everybody will say, Wow, where did that come from? It came from the potter's hands. Jesus, I pray today that we won't think of ourselves as average or commoners or just another run-of-the-mill person, but that we'll realize that you have called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light, that your goodness has led us to repentance